You are listening to the Next Best Series podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the Emmy-nominated actor from Station Eleven, Himish Patel. Where's your mom or dad? I don't know. I can't leave you here. I'll walk you to the L. I think this thing is really happening. You can see it out there. Uh, can I have your attention, please? We have shelter. We have food. This is the best thing that could have possibly happened. We're the traveling symphony. We travel for a reason. Just try to make the world make sense for a minute. No one finds people from before. Sometimes I think we should be out there looking for them. We come to you with an invitation to the Museum of Civilization. Beware the prophet. Beware the children who follow him. What happened to you in the first 100? I was lucky. You had grown up and cared about me. Welcome to the Museum of Civilization. But before, it's coming back. I won't let it. We have to abandon the future. All that matters is the now and what got us to this point. We're in this together, and we're a family now. So, how many people have we seen now? Plow guy, the two bandana meth guys. Mm, the lady with no eyes. The lady with no eyes. Well, Hamish, thanks so much for taking the space to chat with me today. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your Emmy nomination. Uh, you know, you've been working on the show for years now at this point. So okay. what's kind of what's it like to kind of receive that recognition after all this time? Yeah, it's lovely. I mean, you know, uh, unexpected um, and uh, very much a pleasant surprise and um, a real honor. You know, um, I've watched some wonderful actors be nominated at the Emmys, you know, across the board and, and to be now amongst them is, yeah, a real honor. Well, I do, I do want to dive into the show itself. You know, I've heard you talk about how surreal it was to be filming a show about a pandemic uh, and then to be interrupted by an actual pandemic. Oh, yeah. How did that downtime affect your performance or, or the character of Jeevan? For me personally, I, I guess I just had to keep keep him alive to some extent if you you know I, that sounds a little bit pretentious but i think you know i, I had to because initially i would have just been keeping them you know we see what happens at the end of episode one and i knew we were going to fill in that gap so there was that but also just keeping all those memories alive the, the character that i built just keeping that going and i knew i was going to have to do it to some extent because initially the idea was that we'd sh we'd shoot what we shot and then we were going to go back to Chicago that summer. So there was always going to be a little bit of a gap, but for it to then become one year, you know, and then in the midst of a, of, of a pandemic, um, and then for me personally, having a kid, 
there was a lot going on and they had to sort of keep that going. Part of that was was continuing conversations with uh, Patrick Somerville, our showrunner, and continuing to build, you know, something with him, touch base with where he was at. Um, you know, I remember when I told him I was having a kid and he was like, just wait till you read episode nine. Uh, you know, there was all that, that sort of birth sequence that I, <laughs> I remember reading and just being like, well, I didn't mean to do this research, but it's happening. Um, so there's the sort of, <laughs> that was part of it. And um, yeah, he, he was really generous, really, in terms of keeping me part of the creative journey. You know, he sent me drafts of of a couple of episodes. And and so I had a vague idea of where we were headed. Uh, and and that was really, really helpful. Well, I definitely wanted to ask you about uh, how becoming a father affected your performance. Did especially because you are playing a in the in the earlier episodes in the in the, the kind of right as the pandemic is starting, you're playing a caretaker of sorts, father figure esque, um, mm-hmm. and then in the later years of the pandemic, you are helping women literally bring children into the world. Um, so after becoming a father, how did your relationship to the material change? I suppose it, uh, there were things that were just more readily accessible to me. You know, initially, we're talking about a guy who becomes a father to a little girl. It was funny, sort of the way it panned out. Episode one, he doesn't know what he's doing at all. Didn't expect it. Is just sort of improvising. And then by the time we get to episode seven, he's starting to get an idea of what is maybe at stake here and that is exactly what I was going through at the time <laughs> because I when we started shooting started shooting again episode seven was the first thing that we shot and I was uh six weeks into fatherhood at that point and you know it was very much that thing of wow this is crazy and I'm just figuring this out day by day but I know I have a responsibility here and then when you get to episode nine there's elements of frustration of uh, and in his case he didn't anything he says at one point you know i was only meant to walk you home i didn't i didn't ask for this you know and though i did ask to become a father i meant to become a father that doesn't stop me from having moments of being very frustrated by probably my own lack of, of my perceived lack of ability or knowing what i'm doing you know so those things were there under the surface and in a way, having this character to channel them was a, such a gift, you know. And of course, we have the more obvious, you know, the birth, the birth thing. I was a birth partner to my to my partner, and then you know, so that that stuff was there readily accessible. And then on on another level, when we get to him, when he's you know twenty years down the line, and he's got two kids of his own, three including you know the one that um, he he sort of inherited. There's something that having a kid does to you. It just changes your perspective on everything. Everything else, in a way, to some extent, ceases to matter, ultimately. And so knowing what Patrick was building towards him being in episode 10, it certainly gave me an idea of what his perspective on everything would be, ultimately. Um, where his joy, where he would find his joy. Don't you know that you're a 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. In addition to kind of developing uh, those the the fatherly uh, experiences that Jeevan goes through, what was it like preparing just for the the simple fact of playing a character you know twenty years apart? We don't see a lot of those years, so kind of playing a character at these two very different points of life. How did you prepare for that? In terms of filling in the gap narratively, like conversation I, I had with Patrick about that, you know, I was I had questions. I had, do you have any key things that you want to make sure are part of my memory, as it were? Um, you know, he had some things, but ultimately I was given. <laughs> he was like, "You do what you want to do," and so I, I had little ideas in my head and. It would have been a journey to, to, he would have been on a journey with this relationship he's got, you know, with, with Lara and how do, you know, how do you even get to deciding to be with someone who ultimately, though accidentally, did something <laughs> that really altered the course of your life in a really profound way and not necessarily one you wanted? How do you forgive that person? How do you then be vulnerable with that person. And we see some of that, of course we do, but that, that takes time to be vulnerable to then decide to share your, yourself with them and share your life with them in that way. And then to decide what, at what point does he decide he wants children of his own with her? You know, all these things are, are steps along the way. Um, how does he learn to live with his, with his disability? You know, with, with this, in a, in a world where you really have to fend for yourself, you know, we're, we're, it's you know it can be a hostile atmosphere at times how do you what does that do to a man all those things were very interesting and i worked with a vocal coach just to see if there was anything to mine there in terms of the voice and whether whether that comes across and i have no idea <laughs> but it was there was an attempt made to do that and that, what was interesting to me going down that road was kind of whether it whether it's apparent to anyone or not it does something to me up here, you know, to them in a play, in a way, a completely different character. Uh, you know, one of the things that I talked about with Mackenzie when we got to sort of talking about our scenes in episode 10 was, well, what is it? Because I think that, that, that it's, it's sentimental, it's emotional, it's profound, but they're two completely different people. What are they going to talk about ultimately, you know? So, Yeah. That's so good. I love uh, you two playing off of each other after meeting after all these years. It's beautiful. Well, I, you know, recently I, I was uh, I was looking at your social media and I saw, um, which I know is always a little scary, but I saw um, you uh, profess your your love for the podcast Script Notes. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a huge fan of. Um, it's a podcast about screenwriting, and and you you wrote an episode of EastEnders back in 2011. Um, yeah. 
is that something you see yourself doing more of writing screenplays or, or directing or, or anything like that? Look, I have notions of, of, of notions of wanting to do it. You know, I, I think I certainly will take the leap at some point. I have a lot of people around me who are very supportive and very, you know, um, generous with encouraging me, Patrick Somerville being one of them. And it's just a confidence thing. I think with me, I, I, I certainly feel imposter syndrome about it. And I, I think, especially in a way, listening to a podcast like that, you realize just how meticulous of a craft it is. Um, you know, there is an element of, of a balance, I think, between allowing yourself the freedom of just telling a story and, and getting something down on paper and, and then finessing afterwards. But there's also, I think there's also the other angle, which is I, I listen to to like John August and Craig Bears and talking about their craft. And I'm just sort of every time just like, wow, that's amazing. And I am learning a lot, but also they've, they've put decades of work into it, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's not something I just sort of, I want to take lightly. Uh, but at the same time, I think I need to take a leap at some point. Otherwise, I'll, I'll just keep talking about it. I'll become that guy. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're we're ready for it when it happens. Thank you. It's only been a few years, but I, I couldn't let you go without talking about Yesterday. Mm. Just such an incredible movie. I feel like there's there's movies that you could just put in front of anybody. And it's just kind of kind of be that movie that's going to be perfect for the whole group to watch. And that's mm-hmm. one of those movies. Uh, oh, have, you, have you felt like the the passion and love for that movie again it's only been a few years but have you felt it just continue since it came out yeah you, you know I, I i've had a lot of lovely um things said about that film and i'm very proud of it and and you know it's such a it, it's got such a wonderful heart to it you know as as so much of danny's work has as so much of richard's work has and um as so much of the Beatles music has, you know, and and that's what we were encapsulating in that in that story, and it, it brings a lot of people a lot of joy. And you know, ultimately, when you're telling any story, especially in that genre, then that's that's kind of the aim, you know. And there have been a lot of people who've who've you know, it, it means a lot to them, and that's you know, that's that's the goal, really. Hey there, I'm Hannah, and I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Uh, last question for you. In in recent months, you know, I've seen your name rumored from everything from Doctor Who to various superheroes to, to Bond. Uh, rumors are rumors are crazy. Rumors are ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of you as James Bond is very intriguing. Uh, is that is that something that you would you would throw your name in for? I mean, you know, if if uh, someone said give it a go, you know, throw your ring in the throw your hat in the ring, 
I wouldn't say no because you know for a laugh <laughs> um I'm not sure I'm gonna get that role but uh I mean I I love the James Bond franchise and I think Daniel Craig's movies really elevated it to another level so I'm a, I'm a big admirer of it and to be a part of those movies in in any way would be an honor so I'm excited to see who is going to play James Bond but um but yeah, I I wouldn't if uh, if Barbara Broccoli gave me a call, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no. You know, I you know who who we would just to have a conversation and and pick her brain. Even I'm I, I'm so full of admiration. How do you, how do you keep a franchise fresh and keep that going for that long? I'm kind of in awe of it, really. Awesome. Well, Hamish, again, thank you so much for Station Eleven. Thank you for your work and congrats oh. on on all the continued success. Thank you. Thanks very much. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the Emmy-nominated actor from Station Eleven, Himish Patel, here on the Next Best Series podcast. Station Eleven is nominated for three Primetime Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie for Himish Patel, Outstanding Directing in a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie, and Outstanding Writing for a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie. You have been listening to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, drop us a comment. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.